We are continuing on in a series that we started a couple of weeks ago called Our Imperfect Family. And just kind of a quick recap. Uh, in week one, we looked at God's original plan for the family. Remember, we talked about the fact that God designed you, all of you, even those who sitting at home, to be part of a family unit. Whether that is your biological family or your church family, you were not designed by God to go through life alone. Second, last week, we talked about the importance of restoring harmony in the home. We talked about the value in repairing relationships when conflict happens, and it does happen. Today, I want to look at the fact that you can have a strong and healthy family, that that is possible when it is raised up in love. So today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to really talk and address all of you parents sitting here and all of you parents at home. Uh, I want to address you because as a parent, uh, and for those of you who've been there, done that, you know it can be a very tough and demanding job. That raising up the next generation in love can be difficult. Now, the good news is that we have uh, the best role model ever. All right? We've got a parent who is absolutely perfect and that's God, our Heavenly Father. Jesus underscores this truth. In Matthew 5, he says, Be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. God is perfect. And so if we're going to raise up our family, our loved ones, and others in love, we need to follow his example. We need to follow his lead. We need to treat others, including our children, the way God treats us. Now, I know I've shared this with you, and for those of you watching from home, uh, I know not all of you are married. I know not all of you have kids. But that does not mean you can just zone out or go get a snack or something. Stay here, watch, listen, take notes, because A, you may have children someday, or B, if you're past that, you may know of a family that has children, and you'll be able to share this information with them. Third, even if you are still just all by yourself, you, you live on an island or whatever, you can take this information and use it in any relationship. So, so even, even then, regardless of your situation, you can take what I'm going to share with you today and apply it to any relationship you're in. So let, let's jump right in. The first thing, if you're going to parent like your Heavenly Father, who is the absolute best role model, the perfect parent, then the first thing you want to do, of course, is you want to understand... I don't have... I need the first slide, please. Understand your parent. Be, there it is. Okay. You go back. There it is. Understand. So understand your children. So uh, yeah, obviously this isn't working, so that's okay. So understand your children. You, if you're going to raise up your kids, all right, if you're going to raise them up um, and, uh, and, and, and raise them up in love, you want to understand them the way God understands you. Uh, next slide. Psalm 103 says this. The Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed. Because your heavenly father formed you, he knows everything there is to know about you. Okay? He, he, so just as he is able to parent you in the best way possible because he understands you, so you will be able to parent your children or child in the best way possible when you understand them, when you study them, when you learn about them. Uh, obviously, each child is, ha has a unique focus, right? A unique personality. And, and if you have more than one child, 
uh, then you know that even though they're from the same family, they can be as different as day and night, right? Different uh, motivations, different strengths and weaknesses, different talents and abilities and interests. Uh, Proverbs 24, uh, verse 7. Next verse, please. 24, uh, verse 3, I'm sorry, says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. If you want to raise your child up and and follow the, the example that God has provided, raise them up in love, first thing you want to do is you want to understand them. You want to understand uh, your kids and those around you, your family, and, and understand how they are unique. All right, second, to be just like your heavenly father, next slide, you want to also accept your children. Right, you want to accept them for who they are. Accept them just like the way God accepts you. Okay, so you accept your kids even though they may mess up even though they may not look the way you look or dress the way you dress or live up to your standards as if you were the standard, right? You want to accept them just the way they are because your children, whether they are born to you or adopted by you, they are God's gift for you. God made them for you to be part of your family. And so you want to accept them just the way they are. Now, what does that mean? How does that look? Well, it means that you don't want to subtly imply that they should be just like you when you were in school, just as academic or just as athletic or just as popular or just as musical or just as artistic or whatever, or worse, that they would be better than you. You know, don't go down that road. Appreciate how God has designed and made your kids. Next verse, Romans 15, verse 7 says, Accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. In his infinite wisdom, God custom designed you and everyone in your family and everyone else on planet Earth. So to be like your heavenly father, then you obviously want to also accept your children, especially your children, as this incredible gift, this blessing that they are to you from God. Third, If you're going to be perfect like your heavenly father and parent like him, okay, you can't be perfect. But if you're going to parent like your heavenly father, the next slide shows that you also want to be willing to discipline your children. You know, in love, God disciplines you. He he, he does. He disciplines you so as to keep you, to help keep you from doing something wrong or to spare you from the hurt and pain and heartbreak that might be down the road. But he does that because he cares about you. Look at this next verse. It's Hebrews 12. It says, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Now, understand that God, while he will discipline you, he will not punish you because he already punished Jesus on the cross. So even though you may commit some horrendous sin, the penalty for that sin, okay, the punishment has already been absorbed by Jesus on the cross, So all of the things that you've ever done wrong and ever will do wrong, all of the things that your kids have ever done wrong and ever will do wrong, all of that is covered by Christ on the cross. Look at this next verse. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is now no condemnation, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you confess and repent of your sin, whatever that might be, you can trust that God is going to take that sin and just lay it right on the cross. Why? Because while God will discipline you, he doesn't punish you. He already punished Jesus on the cross for you. So there is a difference between discipline 
and punishment. And let me just walk through these with you. First, next slide. The purpose of punishment is to inflict a penalty. To inflict a penalty. That's the purpose. To say, you, you, you need to be penalized. I'm going to penalize you for what you just did wrong. You need to pay for what you did. In contrast, the purpose of discipline, is next slide, is to promote growth. You wanna, so you're saying, I want to train you and help you so that you can become even better as a person. I want to see you grow. Which leads me to another difference, and that's the focus. The focus of punishment is on the past. Okay, it's always looking backward to whatever it was that you did back then. Whereas the, the focus of discipline is on the future. It's forward-looking. Right? It's forward-looking in the, in the, in, with the intent that it's going to help you, you know, maybe choose the right path or the, do the right thing next time down the road. Which leads me now to the attitude. The attitude of punishment is almost always anger. And we see that. Sometimes we see it on the news. Whereas the attitude behind discipline is always love. Just complete opposite. I care about you. I want what's best for you. Finally, the end result. The result of punishment is fear. I don't know about you, but I don't look forward to getting punished. I'm scared. I was scared as a kid. There's a lot of fear. And there will also be some guilt and resentment in there. But if you contrast that with discipline, the, the result of discipline is security. You feel secure. You feel secure because you got these boundaries. And you know now what you should or should not do. In a nutshell, if I could sum up the difference between punishment and discipline in one word, that one word would be fear. It would be. Look at this next verse. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do with, what's that last word? Say it. Punishment. See, you don't have to be afraid of God. There is no fear because he's going to act towards you with love and grace. Why? Because he's not going to punish you. He already punished Jesus on the cross. He will discipline you. He will discipline you though because he loves you. And he wants what is best for you. He wants to grow your love and trust in him. So when you discipline your children, and this could be for parents or grandparents, if you're going to discipline a child, you want to follow Jesus' example. You want to follow the example of your heavenly father, your perfect role model, who loves you and who does it gently and graciously. In fact, let me just share three little helpful tips for you when it comes to discipline. First, you want to do it calmly. Do it as just kind of a matter of fact. If your child is uh, disobeying you, uh, then you warn them, and if they continue, then you discipline them. Okay, do not allow yourself to get angry or frustrated. If you get angry or frustrated and you want to discipline them, don't do that. Okay, you've lost control of the situation. That is not your child's fault. Proverbs 29 verse 11 says, a fool gives full vent to his anger. So if you're angry, cool yourself down. Allow yourself some time to regain control. Then discipline, but do it calmly. Second, when you discipline, do it quickly. Don't wait days or weeks or, or the proverbial, wait till your father gets home. Any of you had that said to you when you were a kid? Yeah, look at those hands. See, don't do that. I would argue don't do that because that could be hours. You want to discipline them when they just misbehave so they can connect the dots, right? 
Look at this next verse. In Proverbs um, 13, 24, it says, those who love their children care enough to discipline them. So yes, do it, but do it right then and there. And by the way, don't just make one parent the heavy. Don't make one parent the one who's always going to, you know, do the discipline. If there are two parents at home, both parents should be disciplining. Okay? Both should be on the same page as to what kind of discipline, and both should be backing each other up. All right. Third, when you discipline, do it sparingly. Do it sparingly. Discipline is so much... it, it, um, It is so much more effective when you don't have to do it all the time. Right? So, so if you have a little toddler or a grand toddler running around and, and you're constantly disciplining that child for touching or knocking over breakables, what should you do? You should take those breakables and put them out of reach. Right? So, so much discipline could be avoided if we just planned ahead and, and, and we stayed away from those things that might tempt those little toddlers Especially if you know your child well enough, you'll know this is, this is it's like entrapment. It's just like begging for it. So don't do that. Experience there. Experience there. Colossians 3. Let's read this next verse. Don't scold your children so much that they become discouraged and quit trying. In other words, it is, yes, discipline your kids. Okay, because you want them to be trained and instructed to do what is right, to do better, to become better as an individual. But don't discipline your kids for being kids. And they're curious. They like to explore. So in that case, be their ally. All right. Fourth, when it comes to being a parent, just like your heavenly father, express love to your children. Now, the Bible is filled with passages where God's word shows his love to you and, and, and speaks love to you as his child. As a parent, make sure you are expressing your love to your kids as well. Kind of like what Laura said, you know, those, those different things that she was reading. Now, those were amazing. But express your love to your kids and do it in a way that they understand. For example, number one, you can express love through affection, physical affection, like a hug or a kiss on the cheek or the forehead, or a hand on the shoulder. And I know, I know that some of you were not raised in that kind of environment. That was not the family that you had. But I'll tell you what, you can learn. You can. Look at this next verse. This is from Psalm 145. We read this just a moment ago, or George did. The Lord has compassion in all he has made. Okay, be just as compassionate and affectionate to the people around you, just like God is compassionate and affectionate to you. And dads, just, I'm going to pick on you because I, as a dad, I'm going to challenge you to display physical affection and, and hug your child or grandchild in public. Honestly, the statistics show that dads show one-sixth the affection, the amount of physical affection as moms. Okay, guys, we just can't let that happen. No, let's get that competitive nature stirred up and let's change that statistic, right? Go ahead and show love. Express love through, by demonstrating physical affection. All right, second, you can express love also through affirmation, through the way you speak, the way you talk to your children and tell them that you love them. Again, that was something that Laura shared in the, the, the message just a moment ago. Right? It, 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 tell them, yeah, whether you realize this or not, you shape your child by how often you verbally affirm them. 
So again, back to Psalm 145. Look at this next verse. It says, the Lord upholds and lifts up all who are bowed down. So ask yourself as a parent, am I lifting up my kids or grandkids or am I tearing them down? What am I doing? And understand, I realize affirming your kids, oh, so, so easy when they get straight A's, right? When they win the contest. But what about when they lose? What about when they don't meet your expectations? Those are times when they need verbal affirmation from you as well. So a second way by which you can express love is just through words of affirmation. Third way that you can express love is through attention. But giving them your time. This is the number one way that children sense that you love them. And that was one of the little notes that, that Laura read. Dads were spending time with me. How cool is that? It's when you give them your time. When you take the time, not on your way out the door, but when you take the time to sit down, look them in the eye, and listen to them tell you about their day or tell you about their latest idea or even what they're struggling with. You know, it's just, if you can give your children your time and attention like that, parents, grandparents, that's a home run. It's a home run. Uh, look at this next passage, again, from Psalm 145, this time verse 18. It says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. Just as your heavenly Father is near you and gives you his full attention, give your attention to your family members, to your kids. Honestly, I think if you were to ask kids what they would prefer, you know, quality time or quantity time, I think they would choose more time with you than anything else. It's not that they need to be the center of your universe every moment of every day. They just want you around. So when it comes to being a parent like your heavenly father, uh, another way to do that is just express love. And to do that through affection, affirmation, and attention. All right. Fifth way, to be a parent just like your heavenly father, be consistent with your children. Whether it's being fair or patient or loving or forgiving, your heavenly father, God, he is consistent in everything that he does. Actually, it says it this way in Psalm 145, verse 17. Look at this. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, right? In everything that he does. You want to be just as consistent because your kids or your grandkids, they're watching you. They are. They see how you respond. They hear what you say. They watch your attitudes. They notice how you act in certain situations. So you want to be consistent all the time. In this next verse from Psalm, I'm sorry, from Proverbs 20, it says, the godly walk with integrity. As godly parents or grandparents, that's what we want, right? We want to be people of integrity. So to help you keep to help you with that, to be consistent in that, let me just help you, let me share with you two things to keep in mind. First, don't imply perfection. You're going to get it wrong. You're going to get it wrong sometimes, and that's okay. When that happens, admit it. Just say, yeah, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? Say that to your kids. When you can imply that you aren't perfect, that you do make mistakes, holy smokes, that takes, some, that takes you a long way in being consistent with being honest. Because your kids know when you're wrong. They know. Second, second thing to be consistent is to keep your promises. Keep your promises. God, of course, keeps all of his promises. 
Uh, as our Heavenly Father, He keeps the promise, that, uh, that especially the biggest one, right? When we, uh, when we fail and mess up, uh, we can confess that to Him, and He will wash us clean with the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and it's through Jesus that we know our sins are forgiven, that we have an eternity with Him in heaven that is secure. Right? We, we, we know that God keeps his promises. In fact, in Psalm 145, again, this psalm that we read a moment ago, the Lord is faithful to all his promises. So God wants you to do the same with your children because the number one cause of bitterness in a family is broken promises. It's broken promises. Actually, think about it this way. Um, if you are not trustworthy, if, you're, if your kids don't think that they can trust you, I, consider how that could have an impact on their view of God, right? Think about it. If they're praying the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, maybe they stop and say, wait a second. Wait, wait. If I can't trust my earthly father, why should I trust my heavenly father? You, you see the bridge there? So, so be quick to apologize if you've broken promises. Tell them you're sorry. So I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not able to keep some of my promises. Can we start over and try again? Whether you're a mom or a dad, whatever, apologize to them. Because that helps, it really does. It helps to restore trust. Well, let me just close by speaking to two groups of people. First to you parents, and then second to all of you kids. Number one, for all of you parents, they're watching or sitting here. Um, first thing I just want you to understand is that, because um, I know you might be feeling, I covered a lot of ground right now, and, and you might be feeling a little overwhelmed or feeling maybe like a failure in some areas. Let me just remind you, God understands, God knows your failures and mistakes, so just bring them to him. Say, God, yeah, I blew it on that one. Just bring it to God and know that he will forgive you. Okay, we got that. He's already paid the punishment for that sin with Jesus on the cross. But then ask God to help you change in those areas that need to be changed for the future. Maybe you need to take some time and reconcile with some of your children that are older and grown and have moved away and you haven't seen them for, well, for a while. Or maybe, you, you know, maybe you're just trying to process everything that you've just heard because you're new to this whole parenting thing and you're still trying to figure it out. Regardless of whether your children are young or old and grown, the goal for you as parents is to treat them and to love them the way God, your Heavenly Father, treats and loves you. Second, for all of you kids, and that's all of you, even those of you who may be really old and your parents are long gone, understand, let me just remind you that while parents aren't perfect, neither are you. And let me also remind you that your parents are God's gift to you. For reasons beyond our understanding or even beyond your control, God chose those two people to raise you up in this world. And for that, you are to honor them for life. It's one of the Ten Commandments. All right? Now, it does not mean that I am saying you need to, that you should condone what they did to you or did not do to you. I'm just saying that as God is quick to love and, and forgive and be gracious to you, he wants you to be just as quick to love them and forgive them and be gracious to them. Having a strong, healthy family is possible. Okay? It can be raised up in love when you follow the perfect role model, when you follow your Heavenly Father's example. When he empowers you when it comes to your family, 
to understand them and accept them and discipline them at times, but of course to express love to them and be consistent with them. So let me just close with a couple of uh, uh, challenges for you this week. Number one, um, first challenge, uh, connect with God and praise him for being a perfect heavenly father. Again, you have the best role model. Praise him for that because you have somebody you can follow who can lead you and, and, and you can help, you can use that example as a way to raise up your children, uh, raise them up in love. So praise God for being the perfect heavenly father. Second challenge, Learn the different ways on how to apply discipline. Those three that I shared with you. You know, you've discovered, you've learned the difference between punishment and discipline. When you discipline, discipline calmly, quickly, and sparingly. And then the third, the third one is follow God's lead by expressing love to your family and others. Whether that, whether that is, um, you know, physical affection or words of affirmation or just giving your time and your attention. Understand, when you follow God's example, when you follow the lead of your heavenly father, you will have a strong and healthy family. You will. A family that is raised up in love. All right, would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that you are the perfect father, the best role model. And we can look to you and we can follow you as our example. Lord God, I pray that you would continue to bless us through this series and make our families into families that are strong and healthy, rooted and established in your love and grace for us in Jesus. Father, we love you back. And we pray all of this in the holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen.